At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we did. Government is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal. My name's Tim. I'm a conservative. Get excited, people. It's going to be an awesome hour. Seriously. It's going to be really great. <laughs> no, no, really. Really, keep listening. Oh, my gosh. We're so get, interesting. Oh, my gosh. Do are. it. Listen to us. Get your, get yourselves pumped up. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we're missing a debate for you guys tonight. We just we want you to know that we're that big of nerds. We're actually, well, we're not depressed about it because we're all kind of tired of debates at this point. But you know, that's that's just yeah. beside the issue. I mean, what uh, else we are, are going to say? I know, right? Nah, you suck. No, you suck. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the election. We're going to talk about uh, the 1994 crime bill that has uh, miraculously found its way back into the news in the last couple of weeks. Uh, all of these new. Uh, bathroom where you do your business laws or LGBT laws or whatever propping up specifically the one uh, here in the the somewhat whatever state of North Carolina. Uh, round of applause and quick hits as well. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I can't say the great state of North Carolina. I don't like it that much anyway. Wonder <laughs> <laughs> which side you're now. on in this debate. <laughs> <laughs> What was it? Yeah, because we were going to miraculously flip sides, and tonight I'll be the conservative and you be the liberal. Didn't we tried that last week and it didn't work out. You, you made you made yeah. you made cracks about where money grows on trees and things like that. Yeah, that was fun. Good time. Silly Bernie kids. So, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm excited about uh, my ministry and just the directions everything's headed. Uh, um. Yeah, man, mainly excited about that. Looking forward to a retreat this weekend with some of the confirmation kids and just getting to act stupid and make friends. So it's good times. Cool. How are how are you? you? Go. <laughs> uh, I'm good. You know, uh, it's been a it has been an it has been an eventful week to say the least. But uh, yeah, we're okay. You know, our uh, our we're we're doing my the movie that we made last year, Sphere of Influences. Uh, making an appearance at a comic con this weekend in uh, in Missouri, so we're uh, no we're pretty pretty pumped. Getting excited about that. Wait, not that the movie's movie itself, done? Like ready? No, no, the movie's no, not the movie itself. Oh. We're not we're not showing the movie, but we're uh, we're having a booth at a comic con and gonna debut a new trailer. And uh, you know, the movies movie is approaching done, so that's that's big stuff. Uh, we're Exciting. Sphere of Influence Movie dot com, by the way. Uh, Check it out. Shameless shame, shameless plug. No, Facebook.com forward slash. And buy my book, guy. Things I Want. There we go. <laughs> yes. On Amazon, Things I Want. While we're picking ourselves. <laughs> we both have things to plug. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I save poor people. Buy my book first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You win. Fine. <laughs> he feeds homeless people. We make movies. Uh, yeah, his is better. Art's, go, art's go, important. <laughs> right. All right. Well, it's time to get started. We uh, uh, on on the election front this week. Uh, yeah, I'm just so over this shit at this point, man. Uh, <laughs> really? Like, I feel like it's getting exciting again. Like, I'm I'm 
I was so over it, and now I'm like back into it. Like, hey, you know, Bernie's Are won really? seven out of eight. Uh, you know, the 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 Republican one is, you know, they're not debating anymore, which I wish they would. You know, I wish they would do a debate with just these three. I think that would be fun. But Trump will Trump will never allow that because like there's serious momentum against him, and like it seems like pretty much a lock. Like he's not gonna get it. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, Kasich should drop out. What are you talking about? This is exactly what Kasich wanted, you know? One article I read said, oh, it's just vanity for him at this point. Vanity, my ass. This is, this was the goal, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think John's kind of living it. I think John's, (laughs) I think think K-Dog is kind of living the dream at this point. Yeah, man. Uh, He, Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's totally fair. I uh, on the on the well, I mean, I'm you know what, I am glad you're enthusiastic. That's it's it's nice to know that one of us is. Uh, I uh, from a news standpoint, I think Paul Ryan came out and and said unequivocally, absolutely not, leave me the hell out of this. I'm I am not running for anything. Go away. Uh, do you buy it? Yeah, no, he's running for president in 2020. Like that's what he's doing. His <laughs> campaign, his campaign is already kicked in. <laughs> you know, like, vote for Ryan in 2020. Like, no, he doesn't want any part of this broken convention crap that that's going to come about. He's going to put forth his vision of the Republican Party, uh, and if it's anyone but Kasich, you know, that vision is going to be different. You know, than what the what the the presidential candidates putting forth um and he's going to be he's establishing himself to be the leader of whatever this new party is that comes into being uh once either if it's cruz or trump uh runs in the general election and gets squashed you know Uh, and 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 paul ryan is the the phoenix that we ride uh to our to the renewal of the Republican Party. So, yeah, no, that's what that's what he's doing. <laughs> Paul Paul Ryan the Phoenix rising out of the ashes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not an image I really thought I'd be conjuring up tonight. So, here's an interesting historical question that just popped into my head. When when do you think the because I don't have an answer for this, but I I I wonder when I cannot think of when a sitting speaker became president or was a major candidate, major party candidate for president. I have no idea. A sitting speaker. Yeah. I mean, did, didn't Clay run at some point or something, or wanted to run? Uh, Clay was a senator. He wasn't. In, he wasn't in the House. Webster then um, was it Webster? Who was the famous Daniel speaker? Webster. Was he? A, was he a speaker? Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I would have to look that up. I, that, that'd be an interesting. I would be. I, that is a, a a historical anomaly. I would be interested to find out. Certainly hasn't yeah. happened in my lifetime. That's for sure. No clue. No, definitely um, not. So, I mean, other than that, on the on the Republican front, uh, I, I don't really know that a whole lot happened there. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of momentum against uh, Donald, and the but yeah. and, and it's certainly well, seems to be gaining steam. You know, the whole glo- you know, sorry. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, well, it's just interesting, like the the ground game thing, you know. And Cooper Cooper put it right to him, you know. He was like, "Hey, all right, so you're this organizational genius." Uh, who's you know gonna lead us so well, and you're gonna we're gonna win all the time, and um, you know Mexico is gonna pay for the wall. Uh, so why is, are you getting beat as an organization? Why why is Cruz beating you based pretty much solely on organizational principles? 
Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I think this is this is fascinating, you know. Uh so so and so that was the big thing that happened for us was you know, you had the I think it was Colorado where Cruz, you know, stomped kind of yeah, kind of snuck in and, and just and because those. of the the whole delegate thing. Just because he's yeah. an organized guy who knows what he's doing. Well, where are you at, Trump? I thought you were supposed to be the organized businessman. So well, but it, it's it, it is amusing to me that 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 Cruz, who is sort of the consummate, you know, I mean, but Trump aside, you know, Cruz sort of Cruz sort of wrote the book on on being anti insider Republican. You know, that that's been his that that's been his mo since he got to the Senate. You know, I'm I'm willing to stand up to the establishment. Uh, you know, look out Senate floor, here I come, rocking green eggs and ham. Um, but he, he's using a lot of insider tactics to gain ground, you know, um, on Trump. So it's an interesting, uh, don't hate the player, hit the game. <laughs> I, I know. Well, ex- well, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, which is sort of my point to what's getting on the, what's going on on the democratic side is that there, there, there were, I, I watched a very good discussion tonight, which included Donna Lewis, uh, who is one of the quote evil superdelegate, uh, folk, uh, uh, but she's also a commentator for CNN uh, that was just about why, you know, wh- there's been so much of this and it's, and it's coming from Trump too. really Trump and Bernie are basically playing the same cards. Everybody's cheating. The party insiders don't want us and, you know, fight the power man and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's all a lot of the same spiel, uh, frankly, from both of them. And, man. you know, but the thing that, that, uh, that I see, uh, hang on, let me, let me finish this. But the, the thing that I, that I see out of this is that these are, you know, these, they, they, this is, it's not like somebody changed the rules midway. These were the rules when they signed up to run for president, you know, and, and it's playing out, especially on the democratic side, it's basically playing out the way a lot of people said it was going to play out in the beginning when Bernie started to get a little bit of momentum and now he, there is an end game in sight and he hasn't, you know, to quote some, you know, newsy person commentator <laughs> jargon. He hasn't, he, he hasn't broken serve, you know, you gotta, he's going to have to break serve in one of these States that, that are coming up and he's going to have to do it where he's losing. He needs to move the needle in order to swing the delegate count because these are big, these are the big States coming up. And if he doesn't swing one of those, then he's, he's not going to get to the number. He just won't. He will have mounted a good campaign and it will have been fun to watch, but he just, he's going to have done what he could and he will lose if that's the way it plays out. And it's not because anybody cheated him. It's because this is the way it went and this is the way the system is was designed and it was designed that way when he got in the race nobody changed it it's not like somebody just invented superdelegates a month ago to keep bernie from getting the nomination or anything but he may lose it even without the without the superdelegate count in fact there's a good shot that he will i'm i'm not saying that you know i'm hoping that happens or anything it's just that that's sort of the way the numbers look so i i don't know what what do you got? You 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 had something to say, I think. Well, I, I I don't I don't like Bernie and Trump being lumped into the same group. I don't think Bernie is responding in any way, shape, or form 
the way that Trump does uh, to all this. Uh, I, did I you don't not hear, really. Did you not hear what Jane went out and said yesterday? That the Democratic Party insiders don't want us to be the nominee. Well, they're I trying mean, to they're trying to keep us out. So his which wife is exactly said what one, Trump said the other night. But his so so Bernie Sanders' wife says one thing. One time, just comment, just stating what is really a fact that the Democrat insider don't want it, and I mean, and he's getting equivocated with Trump. I I don't know. I I think that's a little much. I have you know Trump. Yes, I has certainly has talked to you know cheaters and uh, uh, you know there'll be riots in the streets and blah blah blah. You know Bernie, I I haven't heard that that from. You know maybe the odd occasional comment about. You know the establishment and the oligarchy you know, and these they, sorts of they things. They have said several but, times. Them and his. They have said several times. I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but they have said several times the system is rigged, and that's 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 that was a direct quote. Well, from right. Wife. Well, but that's. I mean, is he talking about the? Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean, I, yes, he talks about the system being rigged, but he's talking. I, I always feel like he's talking about the country in general, like you know, for the no, rich and the been corporations. About the, he's been talking about the electoral process in the in the Democratic Party. He's his people mm-hmm. have been saying that a lot in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess the the press that I read doesn't cover it the same way they cover Trump, which I guess that's not really surprising because uh, <laughs> that's that's not that's not the impression I've gotten. But maybe I'm just not reading those news sites that are that are hitting that okay well yeah that's that that's that's what that's what i'm reading and that's that i'm I'm sorry that is that is the way that i see it and again i i I do think that bernie has run a but yes i don't i know i don't think bernie is like Donald Trump in that same way. I just think that they're hitting very similar notes and frankly they are uh, in the type of people that they're sort of going after, you know, it's just Bernie's doing it on the left and Donald's doing it on the right, you know, and I mean, Donald obviously has gone way too far, you know, with the mm-hmm. hitting more racist notes. But I, I think that there is some, there are similarities in their campaigns uh, in the goals of them, uh, you know, as far as trying to reach the far, uh, you know, in Bernie reaching the far left wing of his party and Bernie and Donald reaching the far right of, of his party. Um, you know, which, I mean, it's an interesting thing to, you know, sort of overanalyze, but I do think it's there, uh, you know, but certainly uh, that's very true, especially like trade, you know, the way they talk about trade is, yeah, they do hit the same notes on trade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, I thought Obama backing up Hillary this week on the email thing was interesting. Did you see that? Well, it seemed like a very reserved backing. You know, I mean, he reiterated the carelessness factor, which which he said he that she's yes. owned up to. Which is fair. And yeah. then he had the comment of, you know, but at the same time, you know, there's classified and then there's classified. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, I guess makes sense. But it still, it all goes Any, back to the familiar? same Has issue. Has anyone else been saying that in was, your life? Anybody that you maybe host a podcast with that, I don't know, just saying. What what have you been saying? I, I missed it. What now? Why? Basically the same thing. Never, never mind. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever, ever, I ever. I wouldn't recall that. But I, I mean, <laughs> but this just brings up to the whole point that we've been going on and on about is: Did she talk about classified information? Because it doesn't. No, right? Like things. Everything so, so far has been classified, post dated, right? Right. Yeah. 
So she wasn't talking about classified information one way or the mm-hmm. other. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was a huge, you know, backing from him on, on Hillary saying she's done nothing wrong. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just Obama doing his pretty stereotypical, good stereotypical, uh, analyzing of the situation and just kind of talking about it. Um, I, I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't view it well, as him backing her. I didn't see that. Well, I don't know that ba- backing her, but I thought that the I thought that a lot of the things that he said were sort of very similar to the things that she had said about it. Um, you know, and that uh, he didn't really think that there would be any charges brought, um, but he did promise that you know it was going to be a, uh, a a balanced investigation. You know, which of course, what else was he going to say? But. Uh, like, no, this will be blatantly partisan. <laughs> no way would I indict a Democrat. Um, I am so, definitely uh, on the phone with the director of the FBI right now telling him not to do it. I'm texting him, <laughs> actually. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I was just talking to the man this morning. <laughs> Influencing investigations. That's what I do. <laughs> so, anyhow. All right. Well, I mean, that's all, I think that's all I got. That's all I got for the election. How about you? Anything, anything else? Yeah, no, that's it. I'm, I'm fascinated uh, to see. Go, Bernie, go. I'm fascinated to see how it all how it all plays out uh, in New York for for all for both parties. Well, you know, it's 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 like I said, New York, New York is big. It's a big deal. But on one hand, it's a big deal. But then on another hand, this is a place where she should win. And it's it's that whole thing of holding serve. He hasn't been able to move the needle yet. The polling is held at 10 to around 10 points for months. Um, but then at the same time, you know, this is this is where she did her Senate thing. And she was a very popular senator there yeah. for a very long time. Right. Know? She's supposed so, to win this. And yeah, I mean, look, I mean, she's supposed her, to win this. Bernie has won the last seven out of eight states. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's anybody's ballgame right now. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I don't know about that. I mean, because they, they keep saying that. This is the one thing that I, I wanted to hit on that I forgot because you mentioned this last week. Is that, you know, he's won seven out of the last eight and there's all this momentum. And, okay, there is some momentum from that. I'll give you that. But I, I still think that where those states are matters. And not, not necessarily demographically, but just what those states you know, it, like he, he won Wyoming, he won Utah, he won, and Wisconsin was a little bit bigger than the others. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of smaller population based states and, and him looking at those states that even in a postmortem factor and going, you know, uh, because I don't think he can play the card that no one's taking him seriously anymore. I think people are taking him seriously. Yes. Early on, people were not taking him seriously. And with good reason, he kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but now they're, they're, everybody, we're paying attention. You know, you don't need to play the underdog card anymore. We're, we're, we're here. We're listening. Um, and you know, looking at that in retrospect, even after all this is done done and going, well, you know, look, I won Wyoming. Well, you know, I mean, Mitt Romney can make that same argument, you know, uh, it just doesn't, you know, this is just, this is the way the process is. So let's let it play out. So, Definitely. Let's let, let's let it right. play out. I'm, I'm all in. And I, yeah, I, like I said, 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I think it's I think it's a much closer race than the Clinton would want us to believe, or um, a lot of the media would have us believe. I think it's much closer. I don't think that's the case. I I don't right. think that the media is. I think that there this is this overly paranoid. The media is not taking it seriously. I think the media is looking at it is not, at, it is not looking at Matt. Every single it's Matt. thing that I read from the media is. It's hard, you know, it's highly unlikely, it's it's this Debbie Downer sort of attitude uh, in everything that the media does. Because it is highly unlikely. It's the same thing that we're saying about Hillary when she was, at this point, when she was losing to Barack. When the man's won the last seven, say, like, he's won the last seven out of eight. How is that highly unlikely? Wyoming. Wyoming. It, it's, right. not, it's not it's not enough. Right. I mean it, again well, you've got right. to, it's like I said you've got to win major population centers okay. to win Okay. Well, elections. let's see if he does cuz he won Michigan and I think he's going to be able to win some more major states. I don't you know the pollsters have already there's been horribly four, wrong on stuff. Four I'm not saying New York's got. one of them, but I think I think he has a much better shot at this than everyone's making it out to be. And the media could really do us all a favor by talking about it a little bit less as if Hillary is um on her way to the coronation. That's what I think. Okay. Let's move on. Interesting thing with Kasich, just to just to highlight something. Um, right. Yeah, we, we haven't uh, really talked new, about K Dog much tonight. What's new to? new polling came out uh, highlighting what we all know, but just reiterated that it's still true. Kasich is the only one who beats Clinton, uh, and he beats her by a lot, and it's still true. So. Trump it, gets destroyed him, by like ten points. Against, uh, Cruz loses by two, and Kasich whomps her. They did not put him as far from what I read. It didn't look like they put him up against Sanders, but I bet he beat they, Sanders they didn't too. Put him up against against Sanders. Talk talk how much you love Kasich for a minute while I while I I, I want it because I wanted I want to say that I I just want to look up real clear and see what they said about sanders versus uh Kasich, oh sanders I, versus casing think yeah I, well i do have, love casing i think i think casing is uh, i mean i not only do i like him oh well, i like him more than trump or cruz well duh i like him more than trump or cruz but i i like casing you know if we had other you know good solid candidates out there i think you know you've got somebody who's incredibly experienced uh, in the House and working uh, within various administrations. Plus, he's been governor of Ohio. He did all the right things as governor of Ohio. Of Ohio. Uh, and I, I think he's gonna, he could do great, great things for our country. Uh, and so I, 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 can't, I, I can't believe it's actually a possibility. Like, I never dreamed. You know, I voted for him. I posted about him. I loved him the same way I did with Huntsman. Uh, and of course, that didn't really go anywhere. And so I thought that this was going to do the same thing. And cannot believe that there's actually a hope. There's a real possibility that he will end up being our nominee. And I am cannot fully express just how excited I am about that. Could could be. Now here here is here is the spread according to Real Clear, uh, with polling data as recently as uh, yesterday. In fact. Uh, but the spread for real clear Sanders versus Kasich is Sanders wins by three points. Uh, wow. But that, but it's close. Uh, and then uh, Clinton versus Kasich, the spread is Kasich by seven. Wow. 
So Kasich kind of wins running away, and there's not a single one of those polls where Kasich beat her or where, See, where she beat Kasich, rather. You know, and here's the um, interesting thing. Everyone talks about about Clinton as, you know, the pragmatic choice, the, all these sorts of things. Sanders in the polls is the one who stomps all the Republicans and apparently even beats Kasich. So Clinton is looking less and less pragmatic from a winning the general election standpoint. She beats Cruz and Trump. Good job. So does anybody. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. I, and let, and let me be clear. I I, my selling point. My selling point for Clinton is not that she is the more pragmatic or the more electable. I don't necessarily think that's the case because I've looked at for that exact reason. I've looked at the data. Uh, but I, at the same time, I think, because if I was actually going based on that, I'd actually be picking Sanders, but I, uh, I'm not, I, because I think Clinton is the more pragmatic of the two candidates overall. She's, she person. is the more centrist. Yeah. She okay. is the more centrist compared to Bernie. And that's it. And that's the look. That's what I look for. Well, that I, I, I look for, I, I like centrist candidates and between Bernie and, and Hillary, Bernie is the centrist or not Bernie that Hillary is the centrist. Wow. Right. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely not slip of that tongue. All, All right. right. We got to move on. We are, uh, we are going to talk about the, uh, 1994 crime bill, uh, that has been in the news because, a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters, people on the far on the on the left, have been hitting Hillary Clinton on a bill that was passed during her husband's presidency, and the damage that it supposedly has done to, uh, or maybe not the damage, but the role that it supposedly has played in uh, the rate of incarceration over the last few years uh, on uh, the. Uh, you know, just the, the general effect uh, on the country as a whole as being a negative thing. Uh, and they've been, they've been hitting Hillary Clinton on it uh, over her, uh, over her support for it, I guess. Uh, I'm not necessarily, I, I don't know enough yet about the effects of the crime bill overall. I've read a lot. I've read a lot on both sides that say it did some damage I've read some that it did absolutely nothing. I've read some where both sides are kind of right, which is probably, in my opinion, where the truth probably lies, which is that it, it may not have really done much of anything at all. Uh, well, one thing, let's direction. be clear. Sanders voted for the 1994 crime bill. And Hillary didn't vote for anything. That's my problem with this, is that why are we hitting Hillary Clinton on this? Because... First ladies generally support their husbands. And I think first a first spouse would do the same thing. They're not going to come out and speak out against something that their spouse is doing. Why would yeah, they? And, well, and especially I since mean, Sanders stupid. voted for it as well, how is this some sort of dividing line between the two? I, I'm not, I don't get it. Right. And, and why hit, Bill Clinton on it. Bill Clinton, one of the larger reasons this came out was because Bill Clinton was defending it to uh, some Black Lives Matter protesters that were <laughs> hollering at him during a rally. Uh, and he jumped on him about it, uh, which, I mean, you know, if they're going to yell at him, he's got a right to yell back. Well, it is really not like he Sorry. yelled at him. More like you know. he tried to explain 
You know? Like yeah, the, he was trying to make a transcript point. I read was what she's referring to. And then he went to explain. And he was like, now what, what she's not going to tell you and what she doesn't want to hear is that blah, blah, blah. So. Well, did you read a transcript or did you listen to him? I read a transcript. So if he was yelling, okay. then I, I missed that. Was he yeah, his, yelling? Yeah, his tone was... His tone, was he, he was, a little he sassy? Was, he was not happy. He was, he was okay. grouchy, Bill, about it, yeah. He gets um, grouchy nowadays. Like, it, it, a lot of times he, you know, he comes across as like this like elder, grandfatherly statesman. But the moment he starts campaigning for Hillary, whew, he, gets, he gets a little salty. He's he's got some toot on him, but I mean, I, I don't know. People get it. People get a little n- weird about it, and it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I I don't know. I I kind of feel like you know if he's gonna it, the guys earn the right to to you know to kind of do what he wants on the campaign trail, frankly. Uh, as long as it's not bothering, I mean, as long as it's not pissing off his wife, which it doesn't seem to be, then, you know, I mean, go, go ahead, go get him tiger. I mean, you know, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't just the, the fact that he is, is yelling or even lecturing doesn't, doesn't really bug me all that much. Yeah. Um, so I, I, in, in, on the, on the whole, I'm not, I'm not real clear where this is coming from. Are you, uh, no, right I mean, now, I mean, is it more a Black really, Lives Matter thing than it is a Bernie thing? Sanders versus Clinton. Now, I mean, there is, you know, I understand from the Black Lot from the Black Lives Matter community, you know, the 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 concern that this crime bill played a large role in the you know mass incar- in the vast increase in incarcerations, and particularly in the incarcer- incarcerations of the African American community. Um, so, I mean, I get that. That I understand. And that's a fair point. You know, now, I mean, experts will debate, you know, debate with you all day whether or not the 1994 crime bill really played a role in the mass incarcerations. You know, incarcerations were supposedly were already on the rise since the 70s. Uh, You know, did that crime bill really even play a role in the decrease considering that there, there was already a downward trend, right? Like 93 was the spike and then 94 was less and less and less. And, you know, so, you know, experts will debate all day. I just, I, I don't see how this is any sort of major hitting point considering how bipartisan this was. You know, you got to remember, and I, you know, we're looking at all this from the perspective of 2015 in which, or 2016, in which, you know, domestic violence is, is down considerably. Um Whereas back then, you know, there was a lot of violence. Uh, you know, this was, you know, we had just moved from Little Rock, which was, you know, like little LA with all of the gang violence. Um, you know, crack. Yeah, to the point that there was, a, to was the point that there was an deal. HBO. Yeah, there's HBO special. On, gang banging. Remember in little that rock. gangs and gangs in Little Rock are banging in Little Rock. Gang, or something gang banging like that. in Little Rock. Yeah. Um, so I mean this. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a and lot. It was of a very there was a lot of unrest around that time. You're forgetting about the, the you know, we're the LA around that the LA riots mm-hmm. were around then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it was a very. Yeah. I think people today are are forgetting. I mean, it wasn't 1968 by any stretch of the imagination, but it was still uh, a, a very sort of uneasy time. Yeah, you know, for there's people. a lot of violence, and a lot of African American leaders supported it. You know, I'm not going to, 
I guess some have claimed that like the entire African American community supported this. I, I mean, I don't know about that, but I know there certainly were but there were very there vocal were, members were, of the community who were supporting yeah. it. Um, yeah, you know, and so there's a lot. But now, you know, okay, now now the debate's different, uh, and I think maybe we've learned something from from that bill. You know, how much of a role did it really play in the increase in car? Who who knows? You know, but it, but. It doesn't doesn't matter, right? Now what matters is okay. Now let's address the the current issue, which is not so much violent crime as it is the high levels of incarceration, the incredible costs that that is on the taxpayer, the uh, the unfairness of the level of incarcerations uh, proportionally for African Americans and for Latinos, which whether or not, okay, maybe they are, maybe that many of them really are committing crimes, but you know, we, okay, well then we need to be addressing that, you know, we need to be address, you know, what can we do for those communities, uh, to offer more opportunities for their young people so that hopefully, uh, they can, they can break that cycle. Uh, I'm getting involved with a, a group called rescue, uh, Lexington rescue, and they've started up a Jobs for Life program, right? So this is where we try to teach uh, people who are in prison and just coming out of prison job skills, right? To help them find a job because the reentry rate is eight out of ten. Eight out of ten people who come out of prison go back in, and that and that's just unacceptable. So that that's where our yeah, money needs that, to be it's going. That rate of that rate of recidivism is mm-hmm. is really uh, you know the scary part. And and there have been a lot of I've read in several places that there were a lot of state bills that that cut uh, education funding in prisons. They 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 mm-hmm. pulled out uh, you know uh, this idea that you could go to prison and go to college, um, you know, and at so. least try to you know get something out of it you know because that's i mean that's the only way that we're gonna to me that's it's not the only way but it's at least a part of how we're going to do this the point Mm -hmm. of prison is not to lock up the point of prison needs to be more to rehabilitate right it is and i i don't think we're doing that yeah you know and and it's you Um, know and it's easier than ever to offer those opportunities you know now you don't you don't need to bring in teachers you don't need to bring you can do everything online you know but but making it easy for these prisoners to to earn their degrees, um, so that they can they can have at least a better chance of, of finding a, a new life outside of prison, and and I think fortunately that's the direction that the the conversation is going. You know I think Republicans are getting on board with that, Democrats are getting on board with that, uh, and so I hope that trend that trend continues. Uh, and you know we I, I mentioned. Briefly, had a lot of this crime bill also dealt with the the crack, you know, crack usage, uh, and we have something similar going on now. You know, there's been an increase in, in heroin usage, and how are we going to address that? Are we going to address it the way we did uh, with the increase in crack by doubling down on the war on drugs, or are we going to learn our lesson and attack heroin from a a, a standpoint of decriminaliz- decriminalization and rehabilitation? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember that around that time, that whole, because that was one of those, you know, the crack conversation that was everywhere, you know, everywhere. it was all, it was in movies. It was in, you remember Comedy, all those ads jokes, about crack, crack yeah. kills and all this crack other kill, stuff. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, uh, that was that was all over the place. Um, it was interesting that you bring up that, you know what the this idea of l- what happens at the federal level, and you know to me this is a, this is a really what the crime what the crime bill is to me is is an example of something that cannot really be solved at the federal level, um, because it it just it doesn't have enough teeth and this idea that you've got to do this locally now whether or not you can try to nudge what the federal government can do is nudge local governments into doing things. But, you know, I was just reading something about um, uh, Baltimore in the wake of the, the Freddie Gray thing a year ago and the changes that they've made and, and what they're trying to do to reach out to the people in the community and get their officers for literally forcing their officers to be a part of the community again, the way that police officers used to be. Uh, so that they know, so that the the individuals in the communities know not only not only uh, are aware of the police and comfortable with them, but actually know them. You know, I'm the guy who is in charge of of watching this street during the, these times and assigning specific beats and things like that, so that they're aware of each other mm-hmm. and working together. You know, mm-hmm. which is not. Uh, you know, and one of the officers uh, specifically said, "You know, we've we've come a long way, but uh, the thing about it is that we have to that I have to think about is would this have happened before Freddie Gray? Honestly, probably not. You know, and you have to hope that that there is something good that can come out of all of this horrible stuff that's been happening. You know, and and we have to listen. You know, that's the other thing. I I had, uh, you know, another one of those conversations with someone." I won't say who, but, uh, you know, where the whole black lives matter thing was sort of blown off. Uh, and, and which is the root of, of these problems is this entire group of people who just want to act as though black lives matter is just, you know, blowing things out of proportion. They're not, this is, this is a real, this is a very real thing. And when this many people say that, they are still to this day afraid of their what the law enforcement officers and their communities are going to do and it's vocalized by millions of people all over the country then the rest of us have got to stop and pay attention mm-hmm. and listen and it's not just about the slogan black lives matter in reality that's not that's that's not what matters that's that's a slogan it's an advertising term what matters is the people behind it Mm-hmm. And we have to we have to do a better job of listening to them. And you know, I, I think that the crime bill is an example of acting without listening. Uh, Whoa! Oh you know. no, I wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't agree with that. I, I think the crime bill was the response of listening of uh, to the voices of that time period. You know, this was twenty years ago. The voices were saying something very different. Um. And now I don't know, but were they, we Tim? I mean, you you see, you had. I mean, again, Rodney King. I mean, the the violence of, of, in in the police system. Uh, well, that's true, but the crime bill didn't so many address any this, of that. That, that it wasn't something. Well, that, I know, well, that but that's the, that's my that's it. my point. Is that it addressed the wrong things? I think it right. didn't actually look in the right places for the right problems. And I think that people were talking about these issues, but we oh. were using. Uh, you know, the threat of more incarceration and longer prison terms and, and three strikes you're out uh, as a deterrent when, you know, we should have been paying more attention at the local level. 
I think is more my point. Maybe, but I mean, some of this was an increase in. I mean, it paid for a lot of new cops. You know, that was that was part of it. Also, was was providing funding for more police officers. But I, I mean, I, I in general, I think you're absolutely right, though. I mean, and the idea of cops getting more involved with the neighborhoods. I mean, that's not even new thinking. You know, I can't. I guess there's a part of me that can't believe that's not done everywhere. Because every, you know, New York, that was one of the big things that New York did, you know, uh, was getting them involved with the communities along with the, the broken windows campaign that, that, you know, really brought that city back from the, all the, the crime that it had. So I, I, I do hope this improves. I think, uh, you know, the My Brother's Keeper initiative by, by President Obama is a, a good thing, calling uh, people's attention to these issues and building those community ties. And also just the general fact that, you know, look, police officers need to look like the people they serve, you know? Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. And, and I don't think, and that, I don't think there's have anything a, you, wrong with that. That's not, that's not racial quotas and stereotypes. That's, that's just fact and common sense, you know, that an Irish cop could could do could more easily handle an Irish neighborhood, you know, sixty years ago, an African American cop is gonna have better luck in an African American community. It's just the way it is. Um, well, and they also, I mean, like let me tell you about a problem that we've got here in my where I where I work, which is for a local municipality. Uh, again, I won't say where, but I, I I work for a local municipality. And this is not just a problem of police officers. This is a problem of employees. Of the number of employees that we have that actually live in the municipality that we work for, and this includes me, we have like five mm. that mm. actually live there. And this is this is cops, firemen, this is everybody. Wow. The, like the town manager, the assistant town manager, and a couple of police officers actually live there. Wow. Everyone else lives out and about, right? And I'm not saying that for like the IT guy like me that I should get any kind of and 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 the reason that honestly I'll tell you right out the reason that most of us don't live there is because it's too damn expensive. It's an expensive area, but that's all of White County. This is this entire area is is expensive, uh, and particularly this section that where I work in. And but that can't but we can't be the only ones that have that sort of thing, you know. So. Mm-hmm. What would be wrong with, you know, providing, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, we'll bump your salary by a 5000 to start if you buy a home here or if we can help you purchase a home in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, find ways to encourage the officers to not only work in those neighborhoods, but to live in those neighborhoods mm-hmm. and stop hiring so there's all this cross-pollination where – you know, all of the, you know, the Lexington police officers all actually live in Versailles, you know, or Nicholasville yeah. or, uh, you know, uh, using you as an example, um, because I think that that's a large problem. You know, uh, I think it, it would do with like our, our town council. Our town council makes a huge deal out of it when we hire a new cop that lives there. They're like, wow, great. They make a big deal about it when when somebody from the planning department moves to Morrisville. They're like, oh, neat. So, you know, I, I think that that's, that's certainly something that, that they should look at, you know, it makes, that does, makes a lot of sense. It, yeah. You know, because I mean, there, there were all those statistics coming out of Ferguson that you had an area in Ferguson that was predominantly African-American, something like 70, 80, 90%. Uh, but then all of the cops were white. 
So yeah, like that's the sort of thing. That of, someone's got to be sitting back and going, "Wait a minute, this isn't good. <laughs> we yeah. need to well, adjust and it's, this." And it's not. It's not just a matter of do white people know black people. It's a matter of do the people who live in that neighborhood know that neighborhood better than people who live in St. Louis instead of Ferguson. You know, mm-hmm. why would you not want to, why would you want, why would you avoid hiring cops who live there? That's yeah. why I would think you'd want that. Yeah. Yeah. You would actively promote this. This would be something you would push for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. recruit out of that neighborhood. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the army goes around recruiting people all the time. Why can't, why, why don't the police officers, you know, mm-hmm. if they're, why doesn't the Ferguson police go and say, you know what? Hey, do you want to go to college? You're not going to go to college. Well, you know what? You can join the police academy and come mm-hmm. work here. You know, we'll pay your way through a two-year school. You'll get a scholarship and, uh, you know, get a, an associate's degree and, and come join the police force. Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's wrong with that? I mean, that's that's a great deal. Hell, I would kill to be in the position that a lot of our cops are in from a retirement standpoint. Good gracious. Some of those cats joined at 20. They're going to retire by the time they're 50. Nice. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's mm-hmm. a good it's a good deal. It's a good thing. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I, you got anything else? Uh, no, I think that's about it. I, I think that the yeah, I think I think we're in agreement here that this it, it certainly is not a dividing issue between Bernie and Hillary. Uh, although it does highlight what is an important issue of the mass incarcerations and the um, how how are we going to deal with drugs in the future and and how do we you know prop how do we make our cops a part of the community. Um, so in the sense that it's bringing those issues to even more into the forefront, you know, great. I'm glad that it's coming up. Yeah, I, I would, I would definitely agree. So, uh, we are going to move on to, uh, talking about the, uh, we're going to, we're going to get to a round of applause and, and quick hits a little bit later on. Cause they sort of bleed into one another. Uh, the, the, sudden rise of these uh for lack of a better phrase the lgbt laws that are suddenly coming out of a few states surprisingly not surprisingly in most of them all of them in the south uh and uh particularly in north carolina the state where i currently reside uh and what 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 these are all about so uh north carolina's law uh, that was just recently passed and has been uh, all over the news uh, of late uh, does does a number of things. Um, the uh, uh, the at the heart of it is is that it says on one hand it says that you have to use the bathroom uh, that of the uh, of the gender that you were that it is on your birth certificate. So if you were born a dude, then you got to use the dude's bathroom. If you were born a woman, then you got to use the women's bathroom and you can't have had call yourself transgender and walk into the opposite sex bathroom because this is a big deal. I, I now, what if you've had a sex uh, change? Does it comment on that at all? I know it says specifically you have to use what it says on your birth certificate. So well, sex change awkward. be damned. Forget it. Yeah. It could get awkward. Do you carry your birth certificate around? I don't. In fact, I was told not to because it's a bad idea. Uh, that That's one thing. One, the other thing and the larger bone of contention for me 
is that it says that local municipalities may not set their own anti-discrimination laws. They override the, the bill overrides any anti-discrimination laws set at the local level. Uh, so, uh, the, and the gist of this is that the city of Charlotte, I believe had just recently passed a local ordinance saying that it was, you're not allowed to refuse service, uh, on the basis of, uh, race, uh, sex, uh, uh, sexual, pre- sexual orientation or, uh, gender preference or any of that stuff. And the city of North Carolina or the state of North Carolina has basically come down and said, no, you have to be allowed to do that because it's a religious freedom thing. I, I don't know. And the backlash from this has been tremendous. Uh, so far, North Carolina has lost deals for expansion uh, from PayPal, Deutsche Bank. Uh, the NBA is furious and is said is according to a lot of rumors supposed to be looking at the fact that the NBA all-star game is to take place in Charlotte next year. Uh, the NCAA has said that they're going to look into not doing business in the States that uh, are passing these laws. Uh, and uh, Brian Adams is not coming to North Carolina to do his concert. What? Oh my God! Yes. Well, I mean, we've lost. We've lost Brian Adams, people. Brian Adams. I know. Brian. Brian Adams is. A, and Bruce Springsteen, which is a pretty big deal, I guess. Uh, and, and Ringo Starr too. So Ringo and Brian aren't coming, but neither is the boss, and that's really what's bad. Uh, so I mean, there's there's been a tremendous amount of backlash to all of this. Uh, I'm not going to surprise anyone and say that I think this law is crap and it's ridiculous and I, I'm, I'm done. Stupid. Our governor sucks and that's it. I, I have more articulate thoughts on such things, but I needed to get petty for a second. Um, okay. Good. What, uh, what, what, Good. what, 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 uh, what, what do you, what do you got? I mean, I, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard, I have a lot of hard times with these laws. Uh, they're coming out of legislatures in Georgia, Louisiana, and Mississippi as well. Mississippi's has been signed. Georgia's Louisiana's has been vetoed. And I believe Georgia's is going to be vetoed as well. I think Georgia's already so, was. Yeah. Did they already do it? Okay. Uh, uh, he, he said he was going yeah. to one of two. Yeah, uh, he did. Um, man, I, I think <laughs> it's a very nuanced issue, you know, that, that some of the, this state laws, you know, like this, maybe they don't, catch all the nuances but both sides are so quick to get up in arms uh that there's not you know some legitimate uh, taking a breath and, and analyzing the situation uh you know for me personally i'm just I, I i'm honestly at this point tired of talking about it like um you know my my faith and my religion is so much broader than just homosexuality uh that I, I did after after the indiana law and especially after kim davis i, I was just kind of done um with with even talking about it because I, I was just sick of this taking up so much of the dialogue um i kind of feel like our family is bad for gay people when we move to states <laughs> i guess maybe i don't know because uh, uh, we, we need we to knock go, it off and stay to, put because yeah, we're so we bring yeah. with us we we bring the anti-gay yeah. laws with us for some reason. I don't know why. But there there are there are there is a lot of nuance here, right? So 
let's let's take you know the issue of all right you have to go to the bathroom on your birth certificate all right well you've got the issue of a person who's had a sex change right so they were a man but uh, for all of his purposes at this point they're a woman uh do you now expect them to go to the men's room because that's gonna be weird uh you know i saw a picture of uh i guess they she was she's she she was a woman now now she's a man and uh she's like a bodybuilder right and like all like tatted up and like looks like a very stereotypical you know like hardcore uh you know kind of person uh but he used to be a she you know so the, the article was do you really want how do you think all the little white ladies are gonna feel when this person walks into the the women's room you know um which is is sort of funny, it's, it, but it's yeah. a legitimate point. But you also have yeah. the and how, how do you enforce this? Well, I mean, okay, but you also yeah, have the very legitimate point, and this is where everyone on the left just just doesn't even want to talk about it. You have the very legitimate point that I am not comfortable with a seventeen year old boy who claims that they are transgender. Going in to the high school girls' bathroom with my 14, 15-year-old daughter. I am not comfortable with that, and nothing is going to make me comfortable with that. And I I don't feel like I'm being anti-anybody by feeling that way. Uh, And so, I mean, that's that's part of what these laws try to address. Uh, But everyone gets so passionate about it that we don't... Take a step back and try to figure out a reasonable solution. Well, <clears throat> but the reasonable solution is to address that in schools and not, I mean, I'm not saying that the left is not, is being perfectly willing to address this, but the left is not the one that's passing these laws that are jumping to these unreasonable conclusions. Well, the left is the one saying that you should allow the the transgender people into the the bathroom of their their gender choice. That was part of what the whole Charlotte thing brought into play. Was saying that yes they can. That 17-year-old boy absolutely can go into the 14-year-old girl's bathroom. Done. Well, I mean at at that stage, I mean but what if you have, I mean if you if a principal, I mean but is there something wrong with a principal Saying, okay, you know what? We've gotten notes from this kid's doctor. We've got, we've heard from this kid's mu- this kid's parents. They agree. This is the path that this kid has chosen. Uh, so, you know, this is a legitimate thing. It's not just some horny teenager going, <laughs> dude, I'm transgender. Uh, go hang out in the girls' locker room. Uh, you know, if there are legitimate channels uh, gone through, you know, um, because that's that's the problem with what this law does is that it it removes any chance for legitimacy. Okay. And, and, also and so now because, because the, the doctor level. has said that, no, 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 this is actually, he identifies as a woman that said my 15 year old girl just has to get used to showering with a 17 year old boy in the room. Well, I'm not necessarily saying that that's the case, but I'm saying that there is no, no chance. That's what these laws, that's what it. on the left, they, these laws are trying to make happen. That's what, and that's what the right is pushing back against. But they're pushing back too far. Okay, maybe that's they not, are, and but, I am agreeing, and I'm with you. But that's you. not the only because that's not the only thing that 
this uh, because this this covers a much wider range of things. Everybody, that's the, that's the problem that I have is not so much that you know the bathroom thing. People use the damn bathroom, you know, wherever you're comfortable for the most part. And if you got to be sneaky, then be sneaky. I don't know how to handle this thing with teenagers. That is an absolutely nuanced thing and, and requires a larger conversation. And I'm not entirely sure that I, I know that I have a solution for that one. Because, man, that is, 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 as, they, is as they say, a, a sticky wicket. Exactly. But Everyone needs the, to take a breath and the, not the, get so worked up and talk about it. Yeah, but that's not but that that also removes these larger issues that are addressed in these laws that that where local municipalities have passed ordinances saying that you can't refuse service uh, based on on uh, gender identity and uh, sexual preference, uh, you know, that is meant to protect people uh, in certain circumstances and, and basically opening, I mean, effectively these, these laws say, you know what you, you can't, yes, you can, you're free to discriminate. Uh, you know, which is not, uh, I mean, is the, which is not the kind of society that I want to live in at all. And if I want to live in a local area that has passed those types of laws, then that local municipality has every right to, make that decision for their community and the state doesn't have any more uh, because I, I kind of feel like this is the kind of law that if a, if the Democrats had passed it at the federal level, then the Republicans would be screaming uh, big government only because it's done at the state level and it's got religiosity attached to it, then it's okay. Right. And, and I agree with that. Right. And I, I agree that, uh, you know that as much as possible, these sorts of things do need to be left up to the the smaller areas, and especially as the Republican Party, it's a little hypocritical for us to be taking the rights away from the smaller group. Uh, while at the same time, it's a little funny to hear Democrats shouting, "You know, you should let us make these decisions on our own." I, you know, I mean, there's, there's political points of maneuvering on on both ends there. Um, but perhaps, but the, from the religious discrimination thing, you know, okay, sure. Uh, but again, and again, it's a very, very, very nuanced issue, right? So, you know, do we want to live in a society where someone who is, you know, who owns a, a coffee shop can look at someone and go, I know you're gay, get out of here, you know? Okay, that that's icky, right? And we all respond to that with, "Ew, I don't, no, thank you," right? But yeah, what about you know uh, the the famous wedding cake? These people make wedding cakes. Christian family, they don't you know they don't support gay marriage. Same sex couple comes to them, hey, can we make us a cake? And they politely decline. Is that wrong? Because they don't want to be taking part in a gay cere- in a in a wedding a gay wedding ceremony. Is that wrong? Because yes, I think it is. Okay, that's wrong. That's me. Okay, so what about? Yes, I think it is. So what? What about? All right, so let's you know let's let's, let's I don't go think to extremes to, I, to exhibit points here. So what? Where, where does the line get drawn? So like so say 
Uh, say, okay, so I own Big Bubba's, right? So I'm back. I'm back in the burger business. Everything's falling apart. I'm back in the burger business, and uh, uh, a couple wants to get married. Uh, is getting married in the the house of Satan, whatever whatever they call their their church, and uh, they want Big Bubba's to cater it. And I'm, Satanists, you mean? Not gay people, uh, right? Not Satan, not satanic gay people, just Satanists in general. Uh, right? They they not want they want me to cater Satanists. they want me to cater their wedding. Do I do I get to refuse because I disagree with their with those teachings? I don't think. Okay, because they're making, they're a religious so I, groups. You're, you're I mean, do I get to discriminate? That's yeah, but that's that's um that's a religious. I don't know. I I, I think you're equating Satanists and gay people. And I, no, I I'm not. No, let's no. no I absolutely am not. I absolutely I mean, am not. I'm, that, I'm pointing because, out. I'm disagreeing. You can do Islam. You can do Islam. All right. I say no, I disagree let's, you know, let's with actually, the let's, of let, Because no, Am let's hit it. Let's that? hit it a little closer. Let's hit it a little closer to home, and let's go back fifty years when people were still discriminating against Catholics. If you are a Protestant and you're running Big Bubba's, and a Catholic comes in and says, "You're Catholic. I don't serve Catholics. Get out." No, no, not because just that I don't serve. Because that was a thing. No, no, not just I don't serve. I, I will not participate in your Catholic ceremony. Right? Are you allowed to do that? I, I think absolutely you should be allowed to do that. You you run a private you business, that, and you they want you not just to serve them, not just to be able to walk in and get a cup of coffee, but no, now you actually have to come participate in the very thing that you disagree with. No, I, I, absolutely not. I would never demand that a Protestant who disagrees strongly with our teachings or whatever, that they come and cater a Catholic wedding. Absolutely not. That's a private business. Coming and catering and participating, I don't know that if you're talking about that kind, that level of participation, but how do you, how do you define, but then Tim, how do you define, if you're going to get that granular with it, how do you define participation? I don't know. Is and that, baking and th- is baking a wedding because baking a wedding cake in many circumstances, baking a wedding cake means that you bake something. Someone comes and picks it up mm-hmm. and then takes it mm-hmm. much like I go to, you know, Harris Teeter and buy a cake for someone's birthday party and, and then take it with me you know, to my little Satanist rally or a KKK union or a gay marriage, you know, whatever that may be. And Harris Teeter is none the wiser. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, I mean, there, that, that this level of participation that you're talking about, I I think is, is difficult to define. So, which is why I say, which is one reason why the wedding cake thing to me, that was no different than refusing you because you said, no, that's icky. We can't refuse service to somebody on a, uh, you know, because they walked into your store to buy a cup of coffee. To me, there was really no difference in saying I'm walking into a store to buy this wedding cake. And no, I'm not going to serve it to you because it's a gay thing. Well, what's the difference? You're buying a cake. You're buying a cup of coffee. Well, one is participating in an actual action, right? The other is just this person happens to be gay. The other is dealing with, you know, participating in their actual marriage ceremony. 
No, you're not participating in it. You've made a cake for them, and they're going to take it to serve it to people. And yes, where they're going to serve it to people happens to be a wedding with gay people, but you're, it's it's there's no difference. Well, I mean, it depends on the wedding cake, right? A lot of times, these things are delivered, they're brought out. You know, who knows? I don't I don't know what they were asking. Uh, but I, you know, the point the point is is that it's very nuanced, you know. And that these conversations need to be had in a, in a calm and understanding manner that is not assuming that, you know, this group of people is just a bunch of discriminatory dicks. Well, but it is, but it is discriminatory. It is discriminatory at, at the basis. And that's the thing, whether or not you want to say it's because you believe it or not, it is still a discrimination. Well, and are are we not allowed to discriminate anymore at all in our own private businesses? We're not allowed to discriminate at all anymore. What is the difference between saying, okay, but are you allowed to? So, are you allowed to own this cake business and make this cake for everybody but uh, an interracial marriage? I mean, are you allowed to say the same thing about an interracial marriage? I, aren't you? I, I I think. I mean, I mean, if this is your business, you own this, right? This is your thing, don't you? No, I don't. No, you get to I make choices about those that, sorts of stuff. No, I think in not in that respect. I think in if if society has decided that discrimination in all of its forms is not acceptable. And that is not how we are going to conduct but, but business. We're not, in but our we're not towns. saying discrimination in all of its forms. There are absolutely things in which our society still says you get to discriminate, right? You get to discriminate over whether or not uh, an 18 year old can smoke. You get to discriminate over whether or not, um, you know, a 21 year old. That's not discriminating. That's setting rules that's for your setting, children. Right. Okay. No, that is discriminating. An 18-year-old can't drink. No, it's not. An 18-year-old can't drink. He's an adult. He can go fight a war, but he can't have a beer. That's not discrimination? How is that not discrimination? It's not discrimination. Ah, Come on. Bullshit. No, you, no that It's is discrimination, not, no, but it's societally not. acceptable and allowed. You cussed before me. I did, Just because that's so a know. ridiculous statement. Sorry. That not, is not a ridiculous statement. I that think is it not is. discriminatory. Setting rules... And discrimination are completely different thing. There is no equivocation between whether or not someone can have a beer at 19 and telling a black person they got to go to the back of the bus. That is not the same thing. We as a society have decided they are different. For the good, absolutely, right? But we as a society determine that some forms of discriminations are legitimate and some are not. And it's a very difficult line. And the government has to decide where that discrimination is unjust and where it is simply a necessary rule. And it's a tough job. And that's the current debate that we're having. And I think that that debate needs to be had with a little bit more civil tone. Well, but the way that, that this debate can be settled pretty damn quick is exactly how it's going to get settled, is that the more businesses refuse to do business in North Carolina, the more the government will start to listen because this is how voices get heard these days. Unfortunately, money talks. Absolutely. 
And, and that's this my point with the with the private businesses thing, right? Why does the government need to get involved when you can just leave it to so say you've got some racist jerk, right, with their with their coffee shop and they're refusing to serve or whatever. Well, then you know what? No one goes there. And they go out of business. You know, like that's more than likely. I you know, the I, I, I'm, I'm a Republican. I don't like government getting involved, you know? So, and for this exact reason, that it becomes very difficult. Governments don't go in with a fine scalpel and just make little tweaks and call. No, they come in swinging the axe. And it, it gets very, on issues that are very nuanced. And I think sometimes it's better to let communities work it out for themselves. Which, again, I would agree well, is why the state government should not be the one saying, the, I'm agreeing with this. I'm not arguing that point. Um, because so, yeah. that's that's the larger thing is that do you I, that I would ask you is that because everybody knows what I think. I don't agree with this crap at all. But do you actually agree with what North Carolina did in that regard? I, I don't agree with the idea of Maybe laying that, out some sort of law saying that your local areas can't make any of these decisions for themselves. Now, at some point, though, and we all accept this, at some point, the larger government sometimes has to put down rules, right? And, and we all acknowledge this and we all agree with this fact. You know, right now it's becoming a major issue that the federal government won't make a decision about uh, marijuana, right? So now you've got states who have legalized something that the federal government still says is illegal. Um, so, I mean... It, it's normal that at some point a, a larger government makes a decision, um, but just I, I I I don't really like the whole North Carolina coming out and saying you guys can't make these calls. Eh. I think I think at this point it's still something that can be handled at a local level. I well I absolutely agree. Um, so and uh, now the the well I don't know we're we're way over time so but I but I, I we 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 did that very civilly I thought it was a nice talk. <laughs> good times. <laughs> yes, good times. And can we you, not, can we not talk about gay stuff for a while? Because I I hate this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> can we take a break for for a few weeks? <laughs> I think on the shows that we've actually published, I think that's the first time we've talked about it. I'm just thinking of it in general. Fine, 15 people that are listening to this one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We are, we are far over time, but let's do, let's, let's do, let's, let's do a round. Let's do our rounds, rounds of applause uh, for the week. Who you got? Uh, Pope Francis. Uh, I, I, I like, um, you know, what little I've had a chance to read of his, uh, his apostolic exhortation, uh, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed. I've, and, and I love Pope Francis, so it's not hard for me to enjoy the things that he says. Um, but I, I think it's much needed, just the, the stress on... Because we were, you know, uh, obviously I'm pretty connected in Catholic circles, and there had definitely been a swing in, in reaction to the, the extreme left, you know, that happened in the 70s. The, the reaction has been a move farther towards the right, and their compassion wasn't always included in that, uh, which, which, is, which was unfortunate. So I'm happy to see Pope Francis pushing for um, a little bit more, not changing any rules, but, but pushing for more compassion, which is kind of his MO. This is pretty much what he does. So 
round of applause. Yeah, I, I I absolutely echo that. I thought what he said was was outstanding. I I did want to clarify that though. Uh, he he did not change anything. This was not him speaking. What what do they call that? Ex ex cathedra, where he's speaking from the chair. He he didn't didn't actually change anything. Right, right. This was, wasn't an encyclical or anything. But it, this, but this, this is, is more of a nudge as opposed to a push. It's. Uh, oh. It's not, this is the thing with Pope Francis, and this is what a lot of people like. He's never changed anything. He's not changing any. He's not changing any Catholic rules or, or doctrine or anything. I mean, he's always just pushing for a little bit more compassion and being, you know, in, in the way we speak and the way we handle issues and, and meeting people where they are a little bit more. Um, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but you're correct. No, this was not an encyclical. This was an apostolic. This is friendly words of advice from your boss, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I, I what what I read of them, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I I I like I, I really like uh, Pope Francis quite a lot. I'm how just how did how did he happen? Because. The thing that is amazing to me is that, and the one person I've actually asked this question to, God Lover, said it was the the, the Holy Spirit is how, is how it happened. Which okay, that's fine, but the, the Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily negate all politics. Uh, it, it, it's amazing to me that you had a uh, not that, but I wouldn't say Benedict was like staunch way to the right, but he was definitely more to the right than Francis, uh, and such an incredible swing to the other side from Benedict. This was not a nuanced move. This was a big swing. No. Was the, were the Cardinals and the bishops heading in this direction anyway? No. I I mean, as, as someone who, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously pretty hip to all this stuff and I, and I've read, read a lot of Pope Benedict stuff and, and listened to a lot of his speeches. I, this wasn't, this wasn't a major swing. You know, when you look at JP2 and, and Pope Benedict to Pope Francis, it, it's really not It's really not a major swing from one side to the other. Uh, they all believe the same things. They're all Catholic. They're all popes. They're all, they, they you know, just, um, Pope Francis has a different type of tone. He has a different, he's Latino, you know. Uh, he's from Argentina. He has a different way of, He's not a major academic, you know, the the way that Pope Benedict was. It's just a different way of of talking. Uh, but if you read read, you know, actually go through and read, you know read Deus Caritas Est, you know, Pope uh, Pope Benedict's first encyclical, and it's very loving and very kind and very gentle, you know. Uh, and some of it's also, <laughs> you know, you'll hate me for this. Some of it's also the media. You know, with Pope Francis, they've decided that they love him. And so they latch on to this phrase and that phrase from his speeches. Um, Whereas with Pope Benedict, you know, they decided early on that they hated him. And so they latched on to this phrase and that phrase. Um, So, but but if it means anything to you, if word on the street is, uh, you know, it's obviously these things are kept secret. But Pope Francis came in second to Pope Benedict. Uh, Basically, supposedly... Uh, the cardinal, the College of Cardinals was um, uh, deadlocked, 
between Pope Benedict and, and the now Pope Francis. And Pope Francis supposedly told all of his supporters to vote for Benedict. And they did, and that's how we got Pope Benedict. So then when Pope Benedict resigned, the other guy was still going. He was the natural He was the <laughs> and natural so choice. He, he yeah, was the natural choice. It, it wasn't any sort of pendulum swinging or anything. It was basically going for the runner-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, but I, I think you hit on it right there. I don't know that it's necessarily that they, the media decided to just hate Pope Benedict out of, you know, spite or anything. I think, but I think you hit on it with, with the different approaches. I think that mm-hmm. uh, Benedict was for, uh, like you said, I think he was probably an, it was, uh, from what I understand, was an academic, uh, mm-hmm. which does not mean media personality. You know, and as mm-hmm. we've experienced, there is sort of a. There, there's a very among, I mean, we've, we've seen it with your wife's family. You know, there's a very loving, open sort of uh, environment that I think Latinos grow up in. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. That I I think ben, Francis has always struck me as being a product of that, which makes him nat- a natural fit, you know, for the media in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's out there and, you know. Uh, a little bit more so, I think, probably than Benedict, which I think is is a lot of why the media seems to like him a mm-hmm. lot. Well, uh, and the stress so. on poverty, you know, you see in a lot of the little things, you know, his stress on poverty and his stress on reaching out to the poor and the way is, you see that sort of stuff, you know, and you see him driving a Ford Focus uh, and instead of, you know, Benedict, who famously had some, some Prada shoes, uh, you know, and it, you know, <laughs> little, really, little, yeah, yeah, you know, it's little things like that. So, uh, which again, which is why yeah, I, I, I do love Pope also. Francis. I love Pope Francis. You know, this is great. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, I will do my round of applause and then we're going to get out of here. But my, uh, my round of applause this week goes to uh, the governor of Georgia, whose name I forgot to write down. Uh, but I, I was very, I, I, th- I thought it was a very, you know, the, the governor of Louisiana is a Democrat. The idea that he vetoed the, uh, the, a law similar to North Carolina is really not all that surprising. The governor of Georgia is a Republican and he, whether or not he, I, now I don't know that I would go so far as to say that he vetoed it on, on the principles of the thing that he disagreed with them. But I, I think he saw the bill for what it was, uh, which is something that was really going to, uh, disrupt the business of his state uh, and uh, did not allow it to go through uh, for those reasons. Um, and, you know, which is a, uh, you know, uh, which I'll take. Um, but more importantly, I, I think it's important to stand up to these things, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. If you're uh, even if even if the people on your side of the aisle is for them, if you're against them, stand up to them. Uh, and I always like to see that. So. Uh, good on the republic, the Republican governor of Georgia for standing up to the to the folks in the legislature. So uh, I was very impressed with that. So yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously the obviously the smart call from a state business standpoint. So so uh, well, we uh, we are we are far over time. We did not hit our goal tonight. So uh, we're gonna we we will bid you bid you adieu. Uh, what, uh, have you, have you any, anything further to add? No, no, not at all. Uh, hopefully we can talk a little bit more about Bevan, uh, next week. I am excited to touch on him. 
Yeah, well, so there were there were some interesting goings on in in, in Kentucky as well, <laughs> in our our other state of residence. So uh, we'll get to that stuff next week. Uh, we will also go over the big the 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 big happenings in New York. So uh, as they're voting on Tuesday. So uh, as always, please 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 go register to vote. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.